0: You're listening to On the Same Page, a podcast
1: from the Jefferson-Madison Regional Library. Welcome back to another episode of On the Same Page, a podcast from the Jefferson-Madison Regional Library System. I'm EJ, here with my co-host, Abby. That's right, I'm Abby. In today's episode,
0: we're sharing how to grow, learn, and connect at all eight branches of JMRL.
1: We're also sharing reading resolutions for 2023. So let's jump into how you can grow, learn, and connect these next two weeks at JMRL. At Central,
0: December 16th is Polar Express Day. There will be a Polar Express story time at 9.30, followed by a movie showing at 10, and After Hours Mini Golf from 6 to
1: 7.30. At Crozet, we will be screening the film Little Women on Monday, December 19th at 6.30 p.m. At Gordon, there will be a teen hangout on Wednesday, December
0: 21st from 4.30 to 7.30 p.m. No registration required.
1: At Green, did you know kids 0-5 through can get free books every single month through the Dolly Parton Imagination Library? Call the Green Library today for more information. At Louisa, play bingo and win
0: books tomorrow, December 10th at 2 p.m. All ages welcome and no
1: registration required. At Nelson, Little Bookworm Storytime is meeting on Wednesday, december fourteenth at ten thirty AM. At Northside,
0: there will be an adult spelling bee on Thursday, december fifteenth, from six thirty to seven thirty PM. You can register to participate or just show up to be an audience member.
1: At Scottsville there will be a book fair giveaway on Monday december nineteenth from one hundred thirty to three thirty PM with a visit from Santa
0: too. As always, check the calendar to find more information and to register.
1: Hey Abby, do you ever wonder what people you work with are reading?
0: You know EJ, I think it's actually pretty interesting to hear what others spend their reading time on, especially other librarians and library staff.
1: Well then, I'm sure you already know that JMRL offers a very comprehensive Staff Picks newsletter that is emailed directly to your inbox on the first of every month. Oh, wow. So you're telling me I can
0: find out what other library friends are reading and potentially read the same thing? That is
1: absolutely right, Abby. Staff send in their favorite reads and a selection of books are put in the monthly Staff Picks newsletter that anyone can sign up for. My favorite part of being subscribed to Jamerrill's Staff Picks newsletter is having all the links right there. If something on that list strikes my fancy, I can just navigate right to the catalog. Direct
0: links in each email so you can see the title in the library catalog and put a hold from there. Wow, that's great.
1: I love links. That's right, Abby. We aim to make everything easier with our JMRL newsletters. All right, you have
0: convinced me. How do I sign up for the Staff Picks newsletter?
1: Oh, I am so glad you asked. There are a few ways to sign up. You can check out the link in our show notes, which will allow you to sign up for any of JMRL's book newsletters. And there are a bunch. You can also visit JMRL.org and scroll until you see the book letters box in the center column. There are some links there as well. Just navigate down to the staff picks and you can sign up.
0: I love it. You know, I love links. I'm going to head to that link right away. And listeners, if you also love easy links, just sign up right from our show notes. And don't forget, please get in touch with us and tell us how much you love this list of our staff book recommendations.
1: With a new calendar year approaching, we thought it might be fun to start thinking about our reading resolutions for 2023. So, Abby, what are your reading resolutions? So, EJ,
0: we asked a variety of people, our coworkers from all over the system, to talk to us about their reading this year, about their favorite books or what they're looking forward to reading next year, and, of course, their resolutions. So I'll jump in and answer those questions myself first up was favorite book of the year. And I hate to say this, but I really don't have a favorite book from the year. I'm sorry to let you guys down. I don't have a single title to just hold up and put into shining lights. I don't because the thing is really only read books that I like unless I have to read something for work, which is actually very rare. So I only read books I like. I will read the first page Of a book, and if it's not grabbing me in the first page, I will literally put it back. I have very little patience for a book that doesn't get me right away. So I've read 28 books this year, I think, and all of them are books that I enjoyed. I encourage you to adopt my philosophy, and if a book is not grabbing you at page one, you can put it down. This is me giving you permission to put it down. So I cannot say Favorite book of the year. This is true. But while I'm talking to you about my reading habits, I would like to mention a way that I find books become more impactful for me. And through this, I'm going to tell you a few of the titles that I read this year that maybe had the most impact for me. And it's because those books I brought into my quote unquote real life, like I brought them into the world. Here's my first example. The very first book that I read this year was The Sound of a Wild Snail Eating by Elizabeth Tova Bailey, and it was one of the best books I read this year. I loved it. It's all about a snail. Now, I loved this book back in January, but now it is December, and I will say that I love this book even a hundred times more, even though I have not reread it, because recently my family got a fish tank and we got two snails that live inside that fish tank. And when I was actually able to see the snails moving, it reminded me of the book. It brought the whole book back for me, and it brought it into an even crisper, more interesting light. So anytime you can read something and then bring it into your real world, I think that's amazing. I also, later in the year, read The Soul of an Octopus by Cy Montgomery. And I've been wanting to go to an aquarium ever since then, because I think actually seeing an octopus after reading a whole book about octopuses would be awesome. I read Lab Girl by Hope Jarin, and it made me see trees in a totally new way. Shortly after I read that book, we actually planted a new tree in our front yard. And I brought that information and that experience of reading that book into that lived experience of planting the tree. And it was amazing. One other example is I read Come Fly the World by Julia Cook, which is a book about flight attendants, And it makes me want to go get on an airplane, which I haven't done in a while and probably won't do in a while. But next time I get on an airplane, I'm going to be thinking about that book. So this is just to say, read a book and then maybe seek out an experience that goes alongside because I think it will sear that book into your memory even more, and it will deepen your experience of reading the book. Now, what I'm looking forward to reading next year, I do have a specific title for this, because it was a book that I was really hoping to read this year, but JMRL has not finished processing it and cataloging it, so I have to wait a little bit longer. But it's the third book in this fun romance series, it's called The Hookup Plan by Farah Roshan. The first two books are The Boyfriend Project, and the second book is The Dating Playbook. And this series, each book is about a different friend who basically finds love. I love this series because it's not just romance, it's friendship, and the women are all strong female leads. They all have really balanced and interesting, complicated lives outside of their romances. But it is a romance, so it's really fun, it's easy, it's quick, and it's lighthearted. So I'm excited to read that book. I think I need something just fun and uplifting and exciting. Now, my reading resolution for 2023 is that I'm going to try to do a challenge with myself. I'm going to call it my decades challenge, going back in time. I'm going to start in January reading a book from the 2020s, so something published in either 2020, 2021, or 2022. And then after I finished that book, I I had thought about doing one per month, but I decided to just roll through them because some of them might take me less than a month, some might take me more than a month. So just another little tip, you know, you don't have to put yourself in too many boxes. I'm going to roll through the decades. So after I finish the 2020s, I'm going to go down to the 2010s and then the 2000s, the 1990s, the 1980s. You get my picture. And I think it's going to end in the 1910s. That will be 12 books from the 12 decades. I'm excited to have that be a fun challenge and a way to guide my reading when maybe I'm feeling uninspired or I don't know what to read next. I fall into the trap of I finish a book, I loved it because, as I said, I love all my books. And then I don't know what to read next. And I and I hate to like move on because I don't want to move on from a book that I loved. So this will give me a way to move on and it will guide me. So yeah, that's a little bit about my reading life and how I enjoyed reading this year. That's my other small little goal is I mostly just want to enjoy reading. I want to make sure that reading is a habit that I enjoy. I don't want to push myself to the point where it's a chore. But I want to keep up with it so that I can reap the benefits from enjoying it. The more I do it, the more I find I like it. So that's a little bit about me and what I'm looking forward to.
1: Okay. Well, you know, Abby, I think I'm going to keep you to your decades challenge. And while I help you with that one, you can help me with my own self-imposed 2023 reading challenge. Which is sort of twofold. I couldn't decide. I was inspired by Abby's challenge, but we didn't want to do the same challenge. So we're going to do something separate, but we're going to help each other in book chats. We'll talk about how we're doing with all of our challenges in 2023. So the challenge I'm putting on myself in 2023 is to read 12 books, just like Abby, that are all set in places I have never been. I have traveled a lot. I have been able to travel um, to many different continents in many different countries. And I've been a lot of places. And I will say I don't read a whole lot about places I haven't been before. Probably just, you know, going back to the things you find the most familiar and things like that. So my challenge for myself is to read 12 books Set in places I've never been. And that can be different countries, different states. There's many states I have never visited. And there's many countries I have never visited. So I'm quite excited for that challenge. And that's just one of my reading challenges for 2023. I have a couple of others. The one that I'm probably the most excited about outside of my around the world challenge is I would really like to read more non-traditional structured novels. Now, that sounds a little confusing, and it can be confusing to find books that aren't a traditional novel. And let me tell you what I mean by that. That's completely my own definition. I'm looking to read more novellas, which are short novels, and the one I'm most excited about is to read more epistolary novels. And so those are actually written in letter form, or sometimes you'll see it in like IM form. If it's from like the early 90s, maybe it's written entirely in IM or emails. And the biggest book I can think of that was popular a couple of years ago that was written in this fashion was the Guernsey Literary and Potato Peel Pie Society. <laughs> yes. So that's um, a pretty great book that was made into uh, a movie on Netflix as well, and but it's written entirely in letters, which is really interesting. So that's my other challenge to myself. I'm not sure how many of those I will actually read. The 40 books that I'd like to read next year, that's right. I'm jumping up to my 40 books. I think I would like to read at least 10 that are non-traditional novel type. And that could even be the way it's written, if it's written from two different perspectives and it jumps back and forth. I'm actually reading a book right now called The Rewind, which is written like that. It's written in the exact same timeline, but everything you hear from both point of views, which is really interesting. So that's what I've got going on now. But to reflect more on what I read in 2022, I really have to respect Abby's decision to not give us a best book of the year, but I think that that's great. And I think it's a good reminder to our listeners that even librarians and library staff who maybe read all the time, sometimes we don't know what to read. Sometimes we only want to read the things we like, and you shouldn't feel forced to read things you don't like, even if you're doing a reading challenge on yourself. Like Abby said, if you're not into it in the first couple of pages, it's okay to find another book that fits that challenge. I thought when I started this podcast, I was going to have to read everything from cover to cover because that's what the podcast needed for book chat. But I found that I enjoyed my book chats more and I enjoyed reflecting on books more that I chose and that I wanted to talk about. So, That's our two cents for picking your own reads and not getting discouraged if you pick up a book and don't like it because sometimes that does happen. Sometimes you feel like you have to finish it. That's also okay too. I'm a completionist that way. I feel like I have to finish series that I start and that's why I'm chugging through the Bridgerton series still. So anyway, back to my favorite book of 2022. I've talked about it on the pod before I raved about it. I said it would be the best book I read this year, and I was right. The best book I read this year was called Sea of Tranquility by Emily St. John Mandel. I loved it. I loved her lyrical writing. I loved the way I could see everything that was on the page through the imagery that I was hearing. I felt like I could hear the notes of a violin or a musical concert in that book because of how well it was written. I listened to this book as I listen to most books, so that also helped kind of get me into the atmosphere of this book, but it was just great. Let me just read a tiny bit about it to refresh your memory in case you want to check it out in the new year. So Edwin St. Andrew is 18 years old when he crosses the Atlantic by steamship, exiled by polite society following an ill-conceived Dinner. He enters the forest, spellbound by the beauty of the Canadian wilderness, and suddenly hears the notes of a violin echoing in an airship terminal, an experience that shocks him to his core. That's the first lines that I read about this book, and I thought it was going to be a historical fiction and boy, does it surprise you. I won't go into anything else. If you want to hear how much I loved it, you can go back to our episode, which we'll put in our show notes of when we talked about this book. You can listen there. I also wanted to talk about the most surprising book that I read in 2022, which isn't a question that we asked our fellow co-workers or anything like that, but this book struck me so much that I really still wanted to speak about it, and it was We Ride Upon Sticks by Kwan Berry. This book is set in the small town of Danvers, Massachusetts, where the original 1692 witch trials took place. It follows the 1989 Danvers Falcons field hockey team as they will do anything to make it to state finals, even if that means tapping into some devilishly dark powers. This book kept me guessing, it kept me going through a hard time this fall, kind of a reading slump of sorts, but I just loved this book. It was just filled with 1980s iconography, and there's this amazing group of women, these girls on this field hockey team who go through a period of self-discovery that was very eye-opening to listen to. Now, everywhere I go or if I see groups of people, I think about the Danvers field hockey team. I don't know why, but I think about those characters quite often. I thought they just jumped off the page to me. So, you know, I think about Abby Putnam and Jen Ferenza's claw hair. I just I see it all the time when I am walking around. I don't know what's going on. But for me, that one just really kept with me a lot. Now, I've already talked about my reading resolutions for 2023, my challenges, but there are three particular books that I'm looking forward to reading in 2023 that will probably help with my Around the World Challenge. The first one is The Mitford Affair by Marie Benedict. I love Marie Benedict. I think I've read everything they've written. I might have to double check that. But this book comes out. In January of 2023, you can actually put a hold on it right now if you would like in the catalog. And this is just the plot. I don't know anything about it besides just reading the plot and the title and the author. And I knew I was in. The Mitford Affair follows Nancy's valiant efforts to stop the Nazis from taking over Great Britain and the complicated choices she must make between the personal and the political. Now, that just right up my alley. Historical fiction, on the verge of World War II. Those are definitely plots and time frames that I've read a lot. The next one I'm excited to read is called Evil Eye by Itaf Rum. I've seen a couple of different dates for this to come out, one in March and then one all the way in November. So maybe we're going to get the paperback and a hardback cover, maybe. I'm not sure. But when it comes out, I'll be sure to let you all know. This is a literary fiction, contemporary adult fiction book, that follows Yara, who is finally trying to escape her conservative Palestinian upbringing. Even when she gets her dream job with her dream family, it doesn't seem to fulfill Yara. So, as Yara's world begins to implode, she realizes that the upbringing that she thought she had left behind has left consequences For her daughter and her. So, I'm not sure what to expect there. I was caught by the title, I was caught by the setting, and I'm excited to see what that one is about. And finally, number three is a book that probably some of you have read. It came out this year. It's called Tomorrow, Tomorrow, Tomorrow by Gabrielle Zevin. It's ended up on a lot of the lists that I read about the best books of 2022 and things like that. So, I, I honestly don't know what it's about, but it seems like it's pretty good. And this is one of those ones. I saw the cover and they put it on my To Be Reds list because you know how I am with covers. So I think that one is about two friends who are often in love but never lovers. That's what it says. So that that got me right away. So I'm I'm into that. And it looks like they are video game designers, which also seems pretty cool. So I'm looking forward to checking that out in 2023. But it is out now, so feel free to get onto that holds list if you'd like to. Dear listeners, this will be our last episode in 2022, so I will leave you with what I'm currently reading to get you excited for our first episode in 2023. I am currently reading Have I Told You This Already by Lauren Graham. Lauren Graham is an actress, and she, I guess, is best known for maybe Gilmore Girls as Lorelai and in Parenthood, where she plays Sarah. Those are the two big shows I think that she's been in. I think some other stuff, Zoe's Extraordinary Playlist as well. Anyway, you probably know who she is. This is not her first book. She wrote a memoir a couple of years ago, and she's even also written a novel, which I also probably will check out next year. But that's what I'm currently reading. That's what you have to look forward to in 2023. And that's where we're going to end our reading resolution roundup.
0: And now we want to share a sneak peek into the minds and bookshelves of your local librarians and library staff. We asked our coworkers from all across the system to share a little bit about their reading habits. They shared favorite books from 2022, reading resolutions for 2023, and some shared a little bit of both. You'll find that even those who work in libraries need some help getting motivated to read sometimes. We hope you enjoy this roundup, filled with exciting books and fun ideas for reading in the new year. Be sure to thank your local library staff for their contribution to this podcast episode.
2: Hello, my name is Nita Defebaugh, they them. I'm a reference librarian at Central Library. My favorite book I read this year, I'm Cheating. It's a series. It is a man and his cat, a soul-soothing manga about a cat who never felt wanted and the widower who adopts him, who's working through his own grief and unresolved traumas around his career and his upbringing. This is actually a comedy manga despite touching on darker subjects like abandonment, grief, and PTSD. And it always keeps a bright and hopeful tone not only is the reader rooting for the main characters, the titular man and his cat, but so are their growing cast of friends throughout the series who offer help and solace and are helped and comforted in turn. The overarching theme of this manga is community and hope, and of course, a deep appreciation of cats. I also really enjoyed the graphic novel Fine by Raya Ewing. Rhea and embarks on a series of interviews with folks of all orientation backgrounds about what gender means to them, all while wrestling with their own relationship with gender. And while this is a great book for any uh, cisgendered allies trying to understand gender nonconformance, this is also an incredibly affirming read for anyone who's ever struggled with or questioned their gender identity or just any identity struggles in general. And it does a beautiful job of showing just how nuanced and complex gender and identity are. So for 2023, I am really looking forward to a bunch of cozy manga releasing in spring, only some of which are about cats. And my 2023 reading goals include, I want to get into reading light novels. They're Japanese novels with illustrations designed to be quick and engaging reads and they're geared towards young adults and folks writing public transit. Many are shallow but fun, but others can be surprisingly philosophical despite their short length. I want to catch up on my backlist of non-binary and trans authors like uh, Aquake Amisi, River Solomon, Neon Yang, and Charlie Jane Anders. I also want to get into cozy reads of all genres. I just learned this year that there's cozy fantasy and cozy sci-fi. Yes, please. I really do need some books to balance out all the horror and cat manga I read. So let's go. I also want to actually read the books I own. Sorry, library, you know, I'm going to be coming back to you. And finally, I would like to read more books from non-Western countries. Uh, I, in the past, I've really enjoyed reading Nigerian sci-fi fantasy and Japanese literary fiction. And I am ready to explore even more countries and genres.
3: My name is Maureen. I'm a reference librarian at Northside. I have two really good books that I've read this year I'd like to suggest. One is Unlikely Animals by Annie Harnett. I thought it was really clever. It's very funny and quirky and full of heart and humor. The second one is Mother of Pearl by Melinda Haynes. It's set in Petal, Mississippi in the 1950s. There's a lot of tragedy in the messy lives of the characters, but the characters just bring a lot of hope and shed some light on issues that we still struggle with today in our country. I think I'm looking forward to reading Hamnet this year, or next year, with my book club, Hamnet by Maggie O'Farrell. I have been putting that off just so I could read it with them. And my goal this coming year is to start reading more mysteries I know that uh, a lot of people just love mysteries, and I think I'm missing out on something by not reading more mysteries.
4: My name is Kayla Payne. I'm the Collections and Technology Manager for the Regional System, and I work out of the Central Branch. The two books I enjoyed most this year were I'm Glad My Mom Died by Jeanette McCurdy and True Biz by Sarah Novich. While it's hard to say McCurdy's memoir is enjoyable, her raw honesty about her childhood struggles are incredibly heartfelt and well written. True Biz is a novel about students and their teacher at a boarding school for the deaf. I listened to the audiobook, which was interesting considering many parts of the audiobook include the sounds from hands communicating in sign language. I learned a lot about deaf culture and planned to start the American Sign Language course from the Transparent Language app offered by the State Library to all Virginia library cardholders. I use Goodreads to keep track of my reading goals. So far in 2022, I've read 124 books. My goal is 130, and I think I can make it. During last year's podcast, my goal was to read more of books I own in print and Kindle format. I did not keep up with that pledge. The perils of working in a public library. Checked out a lot of other books, but at least I didn't buy any more. Here's hoping I can get back to clearing out my TBR piles at home in 2023.
5: My name is Tish. I work at the Gordon Avenue Library. My reading resolution for the year 2023 is to read at least one, probably more, staff pick per month. So in the past, I've done this periodically, but not in any sort of systematic way. And I've really enjoyed the books that I've read, but I've also really enjoyed how it expands my regular reading list. If you as a patron are interested in looking at staff picks, you can go to our website at jmrl.org, scroll down about halfway, click on book letters, then staff picks. And they are updated, changed every month, so you can do at least 12. Happy New Year! This is Heather from the Central Library. My reading resolution for this year is to read earlier in the evening, so I have more time to read before I fall asleep, and to read some of the same books that my 7th
6: grader is reading so that we can discuss them. Hi, my name is Liz, and I'm the children's librarian at Northside Library. I have several books that were some of my favorites this year, and I like to read all ages, so I'm going to name my top books in each age. For picture books, I really enjoyed The Floating Field by Scott Riley. Elementary and Middle Grade book would be Front at Desk by Kelly Yang. My favorite YA was Wish Triss by Nadine Brandes. My favorite adult book is The Bromance Book Club, and one of the things I'm really looking forward to reading next year is Nine Liars by Maureen Johnson. It's part of the Truly Devious series, and it doesn't come out until the very end of the year. My goal is to read 225 books, but that includes picture books. Uh, this past year I read, so far have read, 223 books, so I think I can hit it pretty easily uh, next year as well. Thank you and enjoy your holidays and keep on reading.
7: Hey there, it's Jennifer McAdam Miller, JMRL's public communications specialist. So my reading resolution for 2023 is the same as it is every year. I just want to read more. I do read lots of nonfiction, though not always in book form. I love biographies and narrative journalism. Uh, Lately, a lot of my reading has been work-related, specifically about marketing and communications or graphic design, things I need to learn or keep current on for my job. Recently, I attended the Library Marketing and Communications Conference with colleagues from academic and public libraries all over the country. I'm fairly new to working in a library setting, so it was great to meet so many of my peers, to ask questions and just soak up lots of information. It was also a bit of a fangirl experience meeting Angela Hirsch, one of my favorite library marketing bloggers, and also Cordelia Anderson, whose book on library marketing has been a big influence on me. One of the coolest things that come out of the conference for me personally, is that I have joined a virtual library marketing book club. I'm looking forward to having folks I can talk with about the fairly specialized books I tend to read, Plus, taking a look at the titles the group is considering for 2023, I noticed some novels on the list. That might be a fun way for me to bring more fiction into my diet. So, what do you know? Maybe I do have a more defined reading resolution this year.
8: Hi, my name is Sharon Thomas. I am a part-time staff support person at the Louisa County Public Library. I really love talking books. I recently finished listening to a memoir by Sarah Tuval Bernstein. It is called The Seamstress, A Memoir of Survival. Sarah was born in 1918 into a large traditional Jewish family in a rural mountain village in Romania. Her introduction to anti-Semitism began at the end of her first day of school when several village boys called her a dirty, stinking Jew. When Sarah got home, she had the following conversation with her mother. Do my clothes smell bad? How can they smell bad? You just put on a clean dress this morning. Some of the peasant children called me a stinking Jew. Oh, that. Don't even listen to it. It's nothing. Here, sit down and have a snack, and then you go off to the Hebrew school. At 13, Sarah went to an advanced school called a gymnasium, In Bucharest on a scholarship, in spite of her father's vehement objections. However, she had to leave the school after several months. She did not want to feel like a failure. Instead, she apprenticed herself to a prominent dressmaker in Bucharest. She became a well paid seamstress of high fashion and was even able to send money home to her family. When World War II broke out, she fled to Budapest, Hungary with her younger sister, Esther. There they ended up in a Hungarian forced labor camp. After many trials, Sarah and Esther were deported to the Nazi concentration camp of Ravensbrück. They grew increasingly more and more frail as they were transported from camp to camp before the war ended. They had endured such in- Humane conditions that by the time they were rescued by the Red Cross, it is miraculous that they survived at all. In time, Sarah recovered her health, married, and eventually immigrated first to Canada and then America. She again became successful as a seamstress and was able to reunite with the few members of her extended family that survived the Holocaust. The Seamstress was published in 1997. Thirteen years after Sarah died at the age of 63, she had found a woman named Louise Thornton to help her write down her memoirs, but the manuscript could not find a publisher and was put aside. After Sarah's death, her daughter Marlene Bernstein Samuels uh, found the manuscript and started rewriting it. When she discovered that Louise Thornton had been working on it, they collaborated, and reworked the manuscript, and this time it got published. I like this story because it is the story of an intelligent and resourceful woman with a fierce determination to live. The book is simple and elegantly written in a matter-of-fact manner, even when recounting the most horrendous events of the times of her life. It is a compelling read or listen, And I have to confess that it's actually the second time I've listened to this book. Sometimes it's hard for me to find something that I enjoy reading or listening to. I like biographies, history, and true crime. If I can't find something, I will actually listen to the same book over again. Hopefully some really good biographies or true crime or a book about history, especially recent history, will come out soon.
9: Hi, my name is Sierra Hammonds. I am the collection specialist at Central Library. My favorite book that I read this year was Happy Place by Emily Henry. It's a book that comes out next year, and I was fortunate enough to get an advanced reader copy through Edelweiss, but yeah, I loved it. I love all of Emily Henry's work so far, but this one has surpassed all of them in my opinion. It's my favorite book because it deals with themes of friendship and love and a general sense of what it means to be happy in your life. And my favorite quote from the book was, it's not selfish to want to be happy. So yeah, I love this book. I'm excited for it to come out, for others to read it. For next year, the book that I am really looking forward to reading is Hellbent by Lee Bardugo. It's the second book in the Alex Stern series. I think it comes out in January, so I shouldn't have to wait too long, but I have been anticipating this book for a few years now, and I'm really looking forward to it. My reading goals for this year was 80 books. Goodreads keeps telling me I am 11 books behind schedule, so I think I was a little ambitious. So next year, I might take that down to about 70 books, maybe 75 Either way, I'm constantly reading, and I hope to finish a couple books before the end of the year.
10: Hey, my name is Jess, and I am the young adult librarian from Crozet. My favorite book that I read this year was actually We Are Not Free by Tracy Chee, the same page book. I just thought it was so emotional and well-written, and it really felt like historical fiction that didn't feel like historical fiction if that makes sense. Two books I'm actually looking forward to reading next year are One of Us is Back by Karen McManus, which is book three in the One of Us is Lying series, and Nine Liars, which is the fifth book in the Truly Devious series by Maureen Johnson. I love those series. I love YA mysteries, and I do usually set reading goals for myself, but I have a kid on the way, so my goal for next year is to finish at least one adult book.
9: Hi, my name is Emily, and I am the branch specialist at the Scottsville Library. I'm not going to say a favorite book I read this year, but a favorite author. I've always enjoyed thrillers, but this year I read a Karen Slaughter book for the first time, and then I proceeded to um, read everything she's ever written. I just really like the way she writes and how deep she gets into her character's psyches, so I definitely recommend her for anybody who enjoys crime fiction. I am looking forward to trying to read some more nonfiction next year just because I feel like I tried some nonfiction towards the end of this year and I really enjoyed learning new things. So that
11: is my reading goal for 2023. Hi, I'm Jenny Reese and branch manager of the Green County Library. My favorite book this year is Northern Spy by Edgar award-winning author Flynn Berry. Northern Spy is a contemporary novel set in a hypothetical near future in Northern Ireland where sectarian violence has been on the rise and everyone is affected. Tessa, a recently divorced new mother to infant son Finn, has a high-level job in journalism with the BBC. Her only and very close sister has been caught on film in an armed robbery, is missing, and is suspected of being an IRA operative. Events call into question everything Tessa has known about her sister, and threaten to involve and endanger herself and her infant son. I loved this book because the writing is beautiful, almost luminous, in parts where she's writing about the landscape and new motherhood, while teaching me so much about the troubles and how people live with the situation in Northern Ireland, as well as pulling me into a tense and completely credible thriller which picks up speed as Tessa and her family become involved and which comes to a both stunning and contemplative conclusion that will leave you with lots to think about. Two books I'm looking forward to reading this year are the Last Chairlift by the Venerable John Irving, and True Biz, a novel by Sarah Novick. In Irving's newest book, which is advertised as a ghost story and a love story, events begin in expected Irving fashion when a young skier becomes pregnant when she flies to Aspen from her New England home to compete in the National Downhill and Slalom Championships where she does not meddle. Of course, she does have her baby because this is an Irving novel, and that's about all I know so far. I love John Irving because of the incredible emotion that he manages to evoke through his famously quirky characters, their unconventional families, and the New England settings. Happy reading to you in the new year.
12: My name is Anne, and I am the branch manager at the Scottsville Library, and it is absolutely impossible for me to pick just one favorite book. So this is one of the things that happens when you work at a library. So I am going to pick a few titles my first selection is Station 11 and it not a book that I would normally read because I am not usually interested in kind of dystopian novels and this one is indeed pretty bleak. She wrote it before the COVID pandemic but it is about a plague that basically wipes out like 99% of the population. But it actually is a book also about what it means to live a good life. And what it means to relate to other people and also what role art plays in, in life, even when life is really, really difficult. One of the lines in the book is survival is insufficient. And that's one of the themes of the book, and it's incredibly well written and very much of a page turner. So I highly recommend that one. And another one that's rather dystopian, which again is not normally my, my, my type of book, but I really like the author, Celeste Ng. I've liked her other work. And this is her new book called Our Missing Hearts. And this book is about a a society in which people's children are being taken from them because it's a way of controlling people as a way to force them to go along with whatever the government is trying to promote. In both of those books, art or literature and libraries play an important role. And then there's another book that also talks about the importance of libraries, and that is a children's chapter book called The Ogress and the Orphans and it's by Kelly Barnhill and it's kind of a fairy tale book but it really gets at how do we connect to people, what does it mean to use books as a way to connect with each other and what does it mean to take care of each other. So it is a kids book but I have been recommending it to adults as well because it's just so good. As far as what I'm looking forward to reading in the coming year, I'm looking forward to reading the Marriage Portrait by Maggie O'Farrell because I really enjoyed Hamnet, which is another book that I read this year that I would recommend because it's it's the writing was so atmospheric and the way she kind of paints a historical picture was really well done, but the characters are also very compelling. So I'm looking forward to the marriage portrait and I'm also looking forward to Haven, which is Emma Donahue's new book. I hope that you all have a wonderful year ahead with lots and lots of wonderful books. And don't hesitate to stop into any of the JMRL branches because we all love to talk about books and would love to recommend a book based on what you're looking for. Take care.
1: Thank you, listeners, for being part of this podcast community. We're so happy to have you. We hope you'll join us in taking a moment to thank the Friends of the Library who generously support this endeavor. If you'd like to learn more or join the Friends, you can head to their website at jmrlfriends.org.
0: That's all for us today. This is our last episode of 2022. Thank you so much for all the fun. We'll see you in 2023. And don't forget that you can continue to follow the Library on social media. You can follow us on jmrl.org for our calendar of events. And you can always email us at podcast at jmrl.org. Thanks for tuning in. We're glad to be
7: on on the same same page. page.